take a, a breath of fresh air. So, all right, so thank you guys. We love you guys very much. It has been difficult, but God's with us. He is for us, and uh, we're going to make it. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have a scripture to read before we pray over the offering out of Matthew 6, uh, verse 33. And what I do want to, I want to do something before that is I wanted to give you guys a quick update uh, on OCC, Operation Christmas Child. If you remember, we were encouraging you guys to grab some ornaments off that tree last month, and we were able to, you know, we have such a generous church. I mean, to be honest, it's just, it's, it's wild. Thank you and for your great teaching, Pastor Jim and Pam, over the years on the importance of being generous and being faithful tithers and givers. But we raised $1,633 for Operation Christmas Child. So <clears throat> we're excited to continue to do that and to partner with them as a ministry to see the gospel spread and to meet the needs of, of young kids, the least of these, all around the world. So we're super excited about that. And I did mention that we're working on uh, some type of drive, either a food drive or sleeping bag drive or something that we're going to be working on. Well, we started reaching out to organizations, and <clears throat> they have a lot of people helping them right now. If you haven't noticed, everyone wants to help everybody at Christmas. And so it's not that we don't want to help people at Christmas, but honestly, we really felt this pause like, let's wait until 2021. Let's start looking in January and February where these organizations have the Christmas blessings are now gone and they really need some additional things. And then we as ECF will be ready to step up and to fill that gap. So hang in there. We haven't forgot about that. I do want to partner with certain ministries we're reaching out to locally uh, to really meet the needs of the community, to minister to the widows and the orphans and the poor and those who are really in need as the Bible commands us. So hang tight. I know I said it a couple months back, <clears throat> a couple weeks back, but we are going to get to that here pretty soon. Okay, Matthew 6.33 says this, but seek first, not second, not third, not fourth, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And my Ruby Lou, who's here, <clears throat> she's somewhere over here, Ruby Lou, she says, Dad, I memorized this scripture, Matthew 6.33. I said, how'd you memorize that? She said, it's in the bathrooms. So if you haven't noticed, the scripture is in the bathrooms. And it's been one of our key scriptures over and over for this year to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And she looks at me. We're doing Advent. This was maybe two nights ago. She's like, what are these things? What are these things that will be added unto us? And I said, baby, when we trust in God, we just go up a couple scriptures before that. He will provide everything that we need. Clothes we wear, the food we eat, the house we live in, he will provide. He is faithful to provide all things that we need. He promises all things for life and godliness. And she was like, oh, okay, I got it. So that's good. So we all need to get that too, amen? We need to get that and know trusting in him and him alone. So let's pray over our finances this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you that you provide all that we need. You are so faithful to us. You are so good to us. And Father, we worship you and we thank you. Father, bless every family here watching online and those here physically. Continue to show your favor towards them as they seek you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. We thank you for these things. And Father, we lift up this message to you 
Father, that I will be able to speak the word of God that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Max, you're on it. Okay, open up your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John, uh, we're going to spend, you know, the title of this Christmas series is called Comfort and Joy. Comfort and Joy. And, you know, joy is an interesting thing. And I want to spend some time on it this morning looking at what the Bible says about joy, what does it look like, uh, what does it mean, what is, is it the same as happiness, is it different than happiness, and what does it look like, and I'm going to walk through that. But first, before I get there, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Could it, maybe I don't need to say anymore. 2020. Uh. Yeah, it was a difficult year, it was a challenge for a lot of us. And interesting, Pastor, that you brought that up is I saw a very similar study from the Gallup poll that said the mental health of all these different categories, and it could have been male, female, didn't matter your, uh, your race, it didn't matter your economic background, it didn't matter anything else. Every single category, as they categorized it, mental health went down year over year, meaning it got worse. Everyone, male female, black, white, didn't matter, poor, rich, everyone's, however they dis, you know, define mental health, maybe a study of hope for the future, whatever, everyone went down except for one category, only one, those who attended church on a regular basis. And so do you not think that the enemy understands those statistics as well? He's not stupid, guys. I don't know, we think, you know, the enemy's under my feet and he must be some idiot, well, I don't know where it says that in the Bible. The enemy is slick. He's a liar, but he is, I mean, he comes in many different ways to deceive us. And you don't get deceived by something that's so, like, obvious, right? We get deceived by things that are slick and tricky. And so his goal is to divide. His goal is to isolate. His goal is for the church not to be able to meet. His goal is all those things he's working on. And, Pastor, to your point, man, it's been tough to you know, remain open and to feel that pressure of all those things. But I believe those statistics are just one of the many things that says we are moving in the right direction and we're doing the right thing. Because people need hope, they need Jesus Christ, and the church, really, we are his hands and feet, so we're the ones that are going to bring it through the power of his Holy Spirit in us. Amen? Amen. So we know this year has been uh, some uh, sifting, some shaking, some reckoning, uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on. Well, I went to Starbucks the other day. You know these little, little things that you slip your, slip your coffee cup in so you don't burn your hands. So, I don't know. I got this was a couple weeks ago. We got it. it says tidings of coffee and joy. So our title for the series is not coffee and joy, but it's tidings of comfort and joy. And what I realized when I was reading this, I, was, I, just, I kept this in front of me. Actually, I kept this in the laundry room for weeks. Like, I figured if I don't tell somebody, one of the kids are going to be like, oh, this must be from a while ago, and they're going to toss it away. But I wanted to be reminded day in and day out that there's nothing in the world that can provide the joy that can only come from him. Nothing. There's nothing. Even a good cup of Starbucks coffee on a chilly morning Ooh, it may taste good. It may give you some temporary comfort. And you may have some happiness with it. But it cannot provide us the true comfort and joy 
that can only come from him and him alone in a relationship with him. So I set out on a journey, guys. I've been on a journey. I'm walking through this journey of what joy means and what it looks like because I think it's challenging right now in these times to find joy. But I set out on this journey to decipher what really is joy. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Is it the same as happiness? No, I'm just going to be honest. Like, there are just some generally, there's people who are wired naturally to be happy. And all those who are not wired to generously be happy, sometimes it's hard to be around the people that are happy all the time. Come on, right? Is this not true? And I'm generally a happy person, so sometimes maybe you guys might be upset at me. I get it. You know what I mean? But in general, it's just like, ah. Why are they happy all the time? Don't they see what's going on? Like eternal optimists forever? Okay, well, what I'm talking about here in the scripture is not that type of happiness. I'm not talking about personality types. I'm not talking about Myers-Briggs tests or the DISC analysis or whatever method of personality, Enneagram, whatever you're trying to, whatever it is you can use to begin to see, hey, God created me in such and such a way. I'm talking about something different this morning. I'm talking about joy that comes from the Lord. So here's what I found. Joy and happiness are not the same. Each and every one of us can be walking in joy even when we're in difficult times. Let me say that again. (laughs) We can be walking in joy even when we are walking through difficult times. Joy does not mean having a smile on your face. I love Mrs. Spiker at our school at LCA. She has a picture up in her classroom. She says, uh, she puts a picture up. She's like normally just a somber looking. You know, she's like, but that's not means I'm upset or anything. That's just how I'm, I'm made. That's how God created me. She's like, I could be really happy. What's that? That's just my face. So don't assume based on my face if I am walking in joy or not. And I believe that's such a true statement. Joy is a state of being connected with Jesus. And happiness is a temporary reaction to a situation or a circumstance. Happiness is a temporary reaction to a situation or a circumstance. As I said, some people might have more of a disposition to have a positive nature. But I'll tell you what, the world is looking for joy. The problem is, is they're actually seeking happiness. They're seeking the things in this world that can provide them happiness. And they're calling it joy. But what I want to talk to you guys about today, and I'm going to kind of continue it a little bit on the Wednesday night service here, uh, which I guess was not, was that an announcement, did we say? Okay, not on the paper, but Wednesday night is our Christmas service. So not Christmas Eve, but Wednesday night, and we start at 6.30, make sure, yep, 6.30, oh, there it is, thank you, put that up there, 6.30 uh, is going to be our start time on Wednesday, which is the night before Christmas Eve, uh, in case anybody's tracking, tracking with us. But I think people are searching for happiness, and they're looking in all the wrong places. But we as a church, we as a people need to be searching for joy, and finding true joy, Here's the thing, there's only one way to joy, and that's Jesus. Our living hope, our Savior, our Lord, our King. Hope coming down. Hope came down. That's what we're celebrating this Christmas. 
So what I want to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to actually walk through the book of 1 John. We're going to carry this into the next year. Of course, we'll put a pause on. Pastor's going to preach on uh, whatever he you know, feels led to preach on here in two weeks from now. But we're going to just walk through the book of 1 John. I feel led that that's what we need to do. So we're going to start that here this morning. So again, uh, back to 1 John. I want to read the first couple verses here in this, uh, in this epistle. But first of all, I just want to talk about who wrote it. Uh, John wrote it. Many believe it's the same John that wrote the Gospel of John and who also wrote the book uh, of Revelation, that same John. And so I want to start and read, read this to you, the first four verses, and we're going to stop there and talk about them. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. And that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, the key verse here for this morning. And these things I write to you that your joy may be full. Just like Ruby asked me earlier, what things? Well, we're going to talk about what things. These things that I write to you that your joy may be full. Let's begin to look at them. First of all, how do we find this joy? The joy that was there from the beginning. Jesus was there from the beginning. From the beginning of time. And if you remember what I just said, it's the same guy who wrote the Gospel of John. And how does he open up the Gospel of John? Talking about Jesus was there from the beginning. And he opens up this letter the same exact way. Jesus is here from the beginning. And he came down in flesh. I think 1 John 14. He comes down in the flesh and dwelt among us. And this is what we're focusing on this week with his birth. But you see, he was with us from the beginning. And John was one of the eyewitnesses. He was there with it. Something tangible. Jesus was seen. Jesus was heard. Jesus was felt in the flesh. Jesus is real, folks. He is real. He is alive and he is real and we cannot lose sight of that because when we do, we lose our joy. When we lose sight of who Jesus is and, and who he was and is and will always be and what he's done for us, it is impossible to walk in joy. This Jesus, there's, he can be tangible in our life. Not just a force out there that, oh, you know, it's just out there somewhere and I don't really... No, it is a person that we can have a relationship with his name is Jesus Christ and he's sitting at the right hand of the father which means he's got the father's ear right actually who sits next to me to my right uh, uh, when we eat actually I think it's Ruby yeah yeah Ruby sits to my right hand do you know who I hear most during dinner time? I mean, look, at my dinner table, and those who have been to our house, we know we've got these, you know, we've got uh, uh, 
Yeah, benches that go down this really long table. God bless you, Uncle Bill. It's a beautiful creation. And we have this amazing black walnut table in our dining room, and it's big because it's a big family. And there's all this noise, all this stuff going on, and people talking, talking, talking. But you know who I hear the most? Ruby. But why is that? Because she's, she's at my right hand. She's right there. She's closest to me, so I can hear her. Do you know that we have an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who is at the right hand of the Father? Who is speaking to the Father on our behalf? And when we say our prayers in Jesus' name, we are asking that Jesus be our intercessor to God the Father on the prayers that we are petitioning to him. You can't have joy unless we're talking to Jesus. There's nothing in this world that can compare to that. It's not possible. Nothing. So here's what I see. There are two keys to finding comfort and joy that we find in these passages. Number, look, I'm working on, remember the 10-point sermon? To the 6-point sermon, to the 3-point sermon. Now I'm at a 2-point sermon. And then on the Christmas service, I will have a 1-point sermon. Okay? Like this is just the evolution of the preaching of the Nassau. So we've got two points. You're going to walk away with two points today. The first key to finding comfort and joy is this, is fellowship with Jesus. Come on, guys. Fellowship with Jesus. It all starts with the faith to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he can do. I have found out more and more this week and this year that joy can only come in confidence in God. Confidence in God. That he is who he says he is, that he'll do what he says he will do, that even when you don't feel it, he's working, and even when you don't see it, he's working. And that promise that says that he will never leave you or forsake you is true. Confidence in God. Faith in Jesus, that he did come, that he did die for us, that he did defeat the grave, and he's available for this relationship. So if joy is confidence in God and this fellowship with Jesus, then the opposite of joy is not trusting God and not having a relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I don't know how anybody could go through life without that. I just don't know. Because what happens is we begin to trust in our own strength. And we even as Christians, we slide into this, like me included. We begin to worry and if we're truly worrying, that means we're not trusting God. And if joy is trusting in God, you cannot walk in worry and walk in joy at the same time. It's like, it's like there's a separation. So we have to get past the worry. We have to figure out what are we worried about. Why are we really worrying? What is the lie that we're believing that is making us worry? What is it? Lord, what is it? And this fellowship with Jesus, this relationship with Jesus, begins to enlighten us and open up our minds to see what is the lie that I'm believing. Because if you're not walking with Jesus, then there's all kinds of lies that we're going to believe. But when we're walking with Jesus and fellowship with him, he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to reveal to us, you know what, you're walking in self-pity. You're walking in fear of man. You're walking in worry. You're walking in these things which are sins, which means you cannot then continue to be able to walk in joy. And we have to break those things in our life. So the first key to finding comfort and joy is fellowship with Jesus. 
Turn with, John, turn with me to John 15, verse 9. I want to talk a little bit, I kind of mentioned already, but what does this actually look like? What does this look like? Because it's one thing to say it, and then you walk away here, well, okay, I'm just supposed to be with Jesus. Well, you just told me he's at the right hand of the Father, so I can't, like, hold his hand and skip down the avenue singing, you know, worship songs together. I mean, you can. You know, but most of us haven't actually seen Jesus in the flesh, you know. So, like, what does this mean, this fellowship with Jesus? And, like, what, what are we supposed to do with this? So, like, let's talk about it a little bit here this morning. <clears throat> John 59. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. This is now Jesus speaking. Abide in my love. Woo! So we actually have to abide be still, sit for a second, be connected with Jesus, abide in his love, in what he has done. Why do we do communion each week? To remind us of his love and what he did for us. Not as a religious uh, 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 thing, that, a, a tradition or ritual that we do, but we do it so that we can sit there and, and remember what he did for us. To remember his love for us. Verse 10. If, this is like, oh, here it comes. Pastor Jason, you were doing so great. I was so happy, and now you're going to challenge me that I can't just skip down the street and sing Kumbaya, and everything's going to be happy. If you, if you keep my commands, uh-oh, uh-oh, church, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. Oh, wait a second. If we are to abide and have consistent fellowship with Jesus and be in his presence day in and day out, because there are some things, we, his commands that he has given us that we have to follow. And then he goes on to say, these things I have spoken to you that my joy... So obedient to his commands opens up the floodgates of his joy to remain in you. Come on, church. In his joy remains in us. Not the joy of the world, not the joy of Starbucks and the latte that tastes so good or the next Netflix, whatever it is that we're searching for to get that's happiness. It's not true joy. It can only come from remaining is his joy. And he says all these things is so that your joy may be full. So this says that joy has like this meter, like this measure of things. Like there's this joy that we can grow in. You say, well, I don't understand. Well, guess what? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, is it not? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy. It's a fruit. It's developed over time. It's developed by this relationship with Jesus through the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, which means that you cannot grow in joy without a relationship with Jesus. That Holy Spirit on the inside of us begins to grow that. And when it says you have to obey my commands, what does the Bible say? Do not worry. Well, I don't like that one. Well, no, I don't, I'm not just telling you what it says. It says do not worry. And what Jesus is telling us here. That if you walk in my commands and you walk without worry and you begin to work to put worry aside through the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you, you are able to then release and be able to walk in joy. 
You can begin to abide with him day in and day out when you begin to follow his commands. And his commands are don't worry. Don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. So when we're able to look at his commands and see them as they are, he's, look, he commands us to do things for our own good. This is not like, you know, a master out there who's just like mad at everybody and say, well, you can have no fun. So that Netflix series you're watching, yep, you can't do that anymore. He's not a, this guy up there who is just wants us to have no fun and be miserable all the time because, oh, the burden of obeying his commands is just too much for me. No, I'm pretty sure his burden is light and his yoke is easy. So the commands he gives us are for our own good. So we should look at a command and say, yes, I know it's hard. Yes, I know it's difficult. But I am worrying right now, and I need to begin to walk through it. Lord, I need your help to worry, to worry less, to stop worrying, to begin to work that out of my life. Because when we do that, when we obey his commands, we abide in his love. And when we abide in his love, his joy is full in our life. It's like, oh, can we get there? Yes, we can. It's a journey. I don't know how many people I talk to during break. It's a journey, right? We're working on this thing. This is a fruit. Love, joy, peace. These are all things that grow over time, and we're working on them. So if you're sitting there like, oh, I just I can't stop worrying. Well, you can. And we need to begin to work on it. But you have to realize that some of these things that we begin to break these in our life, they are a pathway to true joy that is only found in him. The second key to comfort and joy we find in this passage of Scripture is fellowship with others. Fellowship with God, with Jesus, and His Holy Spirit was the first point, really, with Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But fellowship with others. You look at verse 3 again in 1 John 1, verse 3. It says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. So there's some declaring going back and forth. There's some discussions going back and forth between people that you may have fellowship with us. With us. What's John talking? He's like, with us. He's writing to others. He's not writing to himself. He's writing to others to say, hey, let's have some fellowship together. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Which means fellowship with each other in the family of God, with other believers, is how we can begin to see the second pathway to joy in our life. We need encouragement. You have no idea. <laughs> Just you guys standing up and what that meant. We need encouragement. This week I got an email from my friend Andy, full of encouragement. And say, this is a difficult time. But when we walk this out together, what this scripture is telling us is, first and foremost, we have to have this relationship with Jesus. Joy can only flow, true joy, through this relationship with Jesus. Abiding with him, obeying his commands, being led by the Holy Spirit. But that second point is that it, has to, it can also come. Almost it's like the joy may be full as it grows and is filled fellowship with others. And I believe the key here is not necessarily fellowship with those who are seeking happiness, but fellowship with those who are seeking joy in the Lord. 
He created us for fellowship with one another. Look at the very beginning in Genesis 2. You don't have to turn there in verse 18. I think we may have it up there. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Amen. <laughs> you may feel like, oh, I just need to be alone. And there's some times where we have to have some alone time. But total isolation. And I'm just going to have a pure relationship with just Jesus and no one else is not going to get you to the fullness of joy in which the Bible is talking about here. You need a relationship with Jesus, and you need a relationship with others. And God says, I'll make him a helper comparable to him. We know that you know, he's talking about Adam and Eve here. And then Acts 2.44 says, Now all who believed were together. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together. There was fellowship. There was relationship. Every one of us needs encouragement. And over and over, I just keep remembering the scripture that says this, that when we confess one to another, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, but also to heal us. To heal us. And that healing and that repairing and that being able to tell somebody, I am worrying right now. I am walking in the fear of man or whatever it is that your struggle is, that your challenge is. When we begin to confess one to another and walk with one another in this journey, we open up a pathway to joy that comes as the Bible clearly gives us here. Michael, if you want to come back up here, I want to pray for us this morning. I want to end with this scripture here. In James 1, verse 2. In fact, I think we said it this morning while we were in prayer. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you had some various trials this year? <laughs> count it all joy. And counting there, what I realize is intentional. You have to, in order to count, it doesn't just happen. You literally have to, one, two, three, four. I've used this analogy before. If you were to ask me, hey, Pastor, Jason, how many seats are in this sanctuary? I could give you an estimate. I'm a pretty good estimator. I'd say maybe 250. Don, Uncle Don could tell me if I'm right or wrong. Just by looking at him. But if I were to know... If I truly wanted to know exactly how many seats were in here, I would have to count them. I would have to be intentional about going row by row, week by week, day by day, month by month, saying, Lord, I know you're working in my life. I know you're doing things and I don't quite understand them, but I trust in you. And I will set aside worry and fear and I will trust in you. Because what the Bible clearly states, if we are to walk in joy, we have to obey his commands. And he tells us clearly, do not worry, do not fear, for he is with us. It says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith <laughs> produces patience. Patience. 
another gift of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Which means lacking no joy. It says nothing. If it says you're lacking nothing, then it truly means you're lacking nothing. So if we can take each trial, each challenge, each situation that comes out, begin to say, Lord, what are you trying to reveal to me in this? What do you want me to change? What do you want me to do? Is there anything at all? But at the end of the day, I will just trust in you. I put my full trust in you. So bow your heads this morning. If this message was for you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand up and I want to just pray for you. If that was you this morning, you said, this was just speaking to me today. I need this. I need joy in my life that can only come from Jesus. Come on, guys. Just keep those hands up. I love it. Come on, guys. (laughs) Receive his joy today. Father, we thank you for every hand that is raised here this morning. Father, my hand is with them. Father, we just seek you, your kingdom, your righteousness. Father, we ask for the joy that can only come through your Son, Jesus Christ, to resonate in our lives. Your word is true, and we can stand on it day in and day out. And Father, I just break fear worry, anxiety in Jesus' name. We break those in our lives now. Father, as we do, I truly believe, as your word just says that we read, you're opening up the pathway to receive the fullness of joy that comes from you and only you. Father, strengthen us to abide with you each and every day. Father, we worship you. We thank you. Father, we come before you and we repent of pride, of fear, of worry, of self-pity, of drivenness, of striving, Father, we repent of those things because we just want your joy. And your word says it can't come and we're walking in those things. And oh, how we desperately want your joy. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone just keep their eyes closed and their head bowed. If there's anyone here this morning who has never made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, who has never done, you know, kind of part one in this ability to find joy in this world, it's through a relationship with Jesus. If you've never done that before and you're here this morning, just slip your hand up. We can pray with you. Maggie, I got you, girl. 
Anybody at all? Those who might be watching online, if your hand is raised, we just want to say a prayer with you. And you can repeat these words after me. Because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He saves. He gives us eternal life. So Jesus, I believe this morning that you came in the flesh. You lived a sinless life. You died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead and defeated sin and death for all of eternity for me. And this morning I put my trust in you as my Lord and as my Savior. For I cannot do this alone. And I need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Guys, we've got some prayer teams that are going to be up here in the front. If you need prayer for anything at all, uh, these teams will be up here that they can pray with you, whether it's if you need healing of, in your body, you just need to pray with someone about a relationship, they will be up here that you can pray with you this morning. And as they're coming forward, I want to read this benediction, because we need him. <laughs> oh man, do we need Jesus. It says this in Jude. It says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and presents you faultless. Thank you, Lord. Presenting us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Guys, just think about that for a minute. When we die and our time on this earth is over, it's saying that Jesus, the Son of God, will be there presenting us to the Father. Saying, no, on my, I paid the price. I paid it all for them. This is my... They're my family. Imagine that picture. And I imagine myself there one day, whenever that may be. Before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy... To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, be dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Remember, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Christmas service. Not Christmas Eve. Wednesday night, 6.30. It's going to be here. We're going to sing Silent Night. We're going to do all the cool things. But don't forget. All right, we'll see you Wednesday.